Hello and welcome to the Mind Money Soul podcast. I am your host, Laura Ann Moore. I'm a money and mindset coach and financial well-being speaker, and my mission is to help you feel good about money and learn how to use money as a tool to live your best life and work towards financial freedom, whatever that means to you. Every week, I explore the emotional, practical, and spiritual sides of money. So if you're ready to get financially confident, grow your money, and achieve your big life goals, then you're in the right place. Change your mindset, grow your money, feed your soul. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mind, Money, Soul. And today's episode is a very special one because it is my birthday soon. And I think at the point that I'm going to release this, it will be my birthday tomorrow. No, Friday. So in two days time, my birthday is Friday the 13th of October. Unlucky for some, not for me. And I decided I wanted to do an episode on sharing the things that I have learned and that I wish I knew at 20. Um, And as I was going through and writing them down, obviously it was really fun to like reflect and really like understand what I've been through and how that's affected me and the lessons I've taken from that. But I realized I had so many that I'm going to break it down into two parts. So this is part one and then the next episode will be part two. Um, So I hope that you find some wisdom in it, some comfort in it. And yeah, I would love for you to reach out and share with me like anything you feel you've learned in your 20s that has just been monumental. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk a little bit about letting you know that the Feel Good Investor course is open. And if you are wanting to join, the doors are open. You can grab your space. So the course is essentially everything that I know about investing in the stock market compiled into an easy to understand and not very long course. It's a mini course. So you can literally go from knowing nothing to being able to start investing in the stock market. Now, I had quite a lot of messages over the last few weeks about saying like, oh, Laura, you know, I would love to join, but I really don't know anything about the stock market. So I probably need um, like a bit more time before I join. And, I, and, and what I'm saying to that is, this course is for you. If you know nothing about it, or if you know a little bit about it and you you need to build that confidence and you want to learn about it, this course is for you because it's broken down into three sections, which is investing 101, which is breaking down the language. What is the stock market? What is compound interest? What is inflation? What is all of the things? What do you need to know? And why do we need to invest, especially as women? Number two, session number two is Uh, getting started. So it's like a step-by-step on how to actually get started, open an account, et cetera, all of the things and pick an account, et cetera. And then workshop number three is how to build an investor's mindset. So it's all the emotional side of investing, which is just as, if not more important to this journey than um, the practical part. And if you are watching on YouTube, you will see behind me that I've got 15 post-it notes up on the wall, which is all the 15 women that have joined the course so far and are ready to go at the start of November. So the sessions are the 6th, the 7th and the 8th. And if you can't make it, there'll be replays. Now you can grab your space for just £199, which is an absolute bargain because hopefully over the course of uh, investing in the stock market, you will make a lot more than that, but there are no guarantees. Your capital is at risk and I'm not a financial advisor. So the point of this is empowering you to understand the stock market and being able to feel confident enough to make your own decisions about your financial future. So I will put the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feel free to slide into my DMs, but let's get into the episode. 
Okay, number one is be very careful and aware of who you surround yourself with because your environment is everything. Now, there is this thing or this, I guess, theory called the law of conformity, which is basically your, where your environment affects your behaviours and your thoughts. So your environment could be uh, the time that you spend space in. So that'd be like where you work. It'll be like your room, your house. And then it'll also be the people that you surround yourself with. So your friends, your colleagues, etc. And it's the way that being in your environment affects your life because environment trumps everything. It will always win in any situation. And the phrase, you are like the five people you spend most of your time with is so true. Now, I, as I'm sure most people listening, learn the hard way. When I was in my late teens and my early 20s, especially when you leave school, I was friends with a lot of people that didn't make me feel good. But what happened is that started to rub off for me. It started to make me feel like I was in the wrong. It made me feel like I wasn't good enough, like I was a problem, like I was weird, you know, all of those things. And that negativity, that toxicity rubbed off on me. It only went when I cut those people out of my life, when I got rid of them. And I can say now, honestly, all the people that I have in my life, all of my friends, all of the friends that I've made new, all of the friends that have stuck around, they are all incredible people that I'm very, very like lucky to have in my life. But I feel like a bit like curating your own social media feed so that you don't see shit that makes you sad. I feel like you can curate your own friendship circle and your environment to help you meet your goals and desires as opposed to holding you back. And always say, when you come away from a friendship, from hanging around with a friend, you should feel energized and motivated and excited. If you feel shit or drained or sad, you probably want to like, I guess, have a look at those relationships and ask yourself, um, am I, is this a relationship that I want to be in? Is this a friendship that is serving me? Now, obviously, caveat to this, there are going to be times where your friends draw down upon you because they need your support. And you might still come away from that interaction feeling low, feeling drained, but it was more circumstantial as opposed to the friendship itself. So obviously don't just cut anybody out who's like, I'm having a bad day. Can I have your help? Because then you will have no friends. Um, And sometimes you need to draw down that sort of better energy from your friends. You're the one who's maybe having a hard time. But understanding the environment you're in and who you surround yourself with is key and it's going to be one of the biggest factors in your life, in your happiness and whether you're going to meet your goals. Okay, number two is stop caring so much about what other people think of you. I'm telling you now, no one thinks about you as much as you think about you because you are literally the centre of your own universe. That is the same for everybody else. Everyone else is the centre of their own universe. Think about how little you think about other people and their lives and the choices that they make and how much more you think about yourself and your life and the way that you come across. Everybody is doing that about themselves. And the sooner that we can remember that and internalise that and stop caring about what others think... It is so fucking freeing. I think this is a lesson I do feel like I have learnt. I feel like there is some residue maybe where there are times where I do care about what people think. I'm not like number one, couldn't give a fuck. But me now, Laura at, at, you know, 29 versus Laura at like 20. Oh my God. It would give me anxiety. It would keep me up at night. I'd be so worried about everyone's opinions of me. Everybody thinking about the choices that I make, the things that I do. Now, on a whole, I pretty much couldn't give a fuck, if I'm honest. And it's very freeing. 
Number three, allow yourself to feel all the emotions. There is this phrase that says, um, to heal it, you have to feel it. It's okay to be sad and to experience uncomfortable emotions. You don't have to be happy and strong all of the time. And the sooner you allow those emotions to move through you, the sooner you will be able to change how you actually feel and the quicker you'll be able to move through a situation. I would say feelings buried alive will resurrect. So if you are sad or angry or upset or whatever about something and you don't feel the emotion and maybe handle it, that feeling will get pushed down, but it will come back to life at some point. It will rear its ugly head. It will ruin a situation. It'll make you feel shit all twice over when actually it's about dealing with it in the moment and being okay to be sad. And the amazing thing about emotions is like, that's what makes you human. When you feel and experience emotions, that is what makes you a human. And getting to experience all of the feels is so nice. I had a situation probably earlier this year, I'd probably say it was summer, I was a bit burnt out, a couple of things had happened at work that was making me a bit sad, Um, I'd had, you know, I think probably a shitty day or I was getting ghosted and I was just feeling really low. And now normally I would be that person who's like, no, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay, yeah, we crack on, we crack on, you know, like, just move over the cracks. And I just was like, do you know what, actually, I'm really sad, actually, right now I feel really low. And my housemates were amazing. You know, they allowed me that space to feel low. I, because I wasn't moping like, my life sucks. It was, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing some sadness or some lowness now. However, I appreciate that I won't always feel this way and it's okay to feel this. Me feeling sad right now doesn't make me a bad person, doesn't have any uh, direct implication on who I am as a person. It's just, I'm a human and I feel all of the feels. And the key thing is feelings and emotions are data. They are not direction. So you don't have to follow your life in alignment with your emotions. You can just use your feelings as data to understand what's triggered me, what's going on for me. And then you can make decisions about the direction of your life from a place of calm, from a place of your intuition, not from those sort of impulsive, overwhelming or uncomfortable feelings. Number four. Rest is necessary, not a luxury. I attached so much of my self-worth to my productivity levels that it was actually insane. Like I could not sit still. I really struggled to just sit down and enjoy watching telly or just like hanging out with my mates. I was always like, I should be doing something. If I ever had a day where I didn't have any plans, so I didn't have any social plans and I maybe didn't have a plan to like work... I would feel so angsty. I'd literally be like, oh my God, I have to do something. Now, over the last few years, I've got so much better about actually taking rest. And when I say rest, I don't just mean rest as in like sleeping and napping. I also mean it in the way of like brain rest. So, you know, not always pummeling your brain with like self-help podcasts and work. Sometimes you just need to like listen to a bit of music because you enjoy it or you need to like go for a walk in silence and like have some kind of brain rest. And then sometimes it's physical rest. So sleeping, taking baths, etc. But rest is so important and you do not have to earn rest. You do not have to earn rest. 
There is this quote by Viola Davis, which says, there is nothing we have to do for worth. You do not have to hustle or barter. You do not have to do nothing but be born. Now, I know this is about self-worth, but it links into this idea around rest. You don't have to do anything to deserve rest. If your body and your brain needs it, it's okay to give it to it because the more rested and stress-free and calm you are and healthy you are, because rest helps you be healthy, the more ironically productive, creative and happy you're going to be. Number five, I wish I knew to start investing sooner. Now, I was an amazing saver, as I'm sure you all know. And it wasn't until I was like 27 where I actually learned, or maybe 26, where I actually learned about, I've oh, got the hiccups, learned about the concept of compound interest and investing. Now, it took me a whole nother year to like learn about it because I was reading and I was researching and I was doing all of this like education around it that I even started and invested my first pound. So I lost a whole nother year. Now, if I had been investing from the age of 18, I would be having to put away nearly a half less every single month. So a half of whatever I'm, ever I'm contributing to meet my goal because I had a longer period of time to invest. And the thing is, you cannot gain back the time loss from not investing. So any money that you will have wasted by not investing sooner, it's harder to claw back further down the line. And this is why I always say to people about not waiting to invest. When you learn about compound interest and how the longer you are in the market, the better, it will not only blow your mind, but also you will like, I want to start now. And I have lost out on thousands and thousands of pounds because I didn't start at like 18 when I had a job and I could have afforded to because I was living at home, all of those things. So what can you do? You can't know what you can't know. But that is one thing I wish I knew right at the start of my early 20s that I could capitalize on the time that I had to invest. Now, number six, and contrary to the point above about not having enough time to invest and wanting to invest sooner, my number six point is you have time. You have time to figure out what you want to do. You have so much time ahead of you. And don't waste as much time worrying about the fact that you're losing time because that's a waste of time. It's an absolute paradox. But I am telling you now, in my early 20s, oh my God, I worried so much about time. So I started therapy when I was like 18. And then when I moved to London, when I was 25, I got a new therapist. And the biggest concept that kept coming up was this idea around time and feeling like I was losing time, feeling like I was behind my peers. And the thing is, is like there is when you're in school, you get all marked by the same timings, right? Because you're all doing your GCSEs, you're doing your SATs, you're doing your A-levels and you all do it at the same time. When you leave school, everybody then goes off in different directions. And yet we're still trying to mark ourselves against what is society's normal of where I should be at what age. But that looks different for everybody. You like, and I love, 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 love all of the things that say, you know, like Vera Wang didn't design her first dress till like 42 and like Helen Mirren didn't get into the acting world till she was like 60. Like all of these things I love because it just proves that time and age do not matter. And you waste so much time and energy worrying about time. So ironic. Now, when I was in my early 20s, mid 20s, the biggest thing I think for me was not knowing what I wanted to do with my career and feel like I was running out of time for that. I wasted, yeah, so much time thinking about it. And then 
randomly, I fell into this, talking about money, talking about finances. And within the space of a year, I went from being like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do or at all to being like, oh, I know exactly what I want to do, even though I didn't know exactly how that career looked, but I knew what I wanted to like lean into. And my entire life changed. My career changed. I went from being like, oh my God, I'm like 25, 26, and I don't know what I want to do with my life to being like, oh, I'm like 27 and I pretty much know exactly what I want to do. So if I'd have spent less time stressing and worrying and just trusting that the ideas and the thoughts and the purpose was going to come to me and I could just try things out and have a go, I would probably be, would have been a lot happier in my early 20s. So yeah, I wish I knew that I had more time and to not stress about time so much. Number seven, and this is a fave of mine, is no one is as good as being you as you. Like, I think we all spend so much time looking around, seeing what other people are doing and then being like, that's exactly what I need to do. I need to be a version of them. I need to mold myself into something that looks like it's working elsewhere. But no one, no one is you and you are not them. So when you have your own unique offering, whether it's your energy, whether it's the way you talk about something, whether it's the way, you know, you show up for yourself, whatever that is, no one can do it like you can do it. So when you're going into an industry and you're like, it's all of this has already been done before. You know, there are already, if you want to become a fashion blogger, there's, there's too many fashion bloggers. If you want to become, uh, I don't know, like a singer, there's so many singers or whatever that looks like. Look how many toothpastes there are brands there are in supermarkets. Look how many like styles of bread there are. It's wild. So go out, be authentic, be you. And the more that you are yourself and the more that you lean into your authenticity, the more that people will respect you, the, the more likely you are to find your tribe, the more happy you, happier you're going to be. Because if you try to be someone else, even if you do then become really successful in whatever it is you're trying to be, you're not you. So you're not going to be happy because you're going to be suppressing a huge part of you. And life is just too short to not spend it being you. Now, number eight is a sort of addition to number seven, but not everyone is going to like you and you have to be okay and get comfortable with not everyone liking you. Because first of all, if everyone does like you, then you're doing something wrong because there's no way that every single person in this world can like you because we've all had different experiences, different situations, and therefore we all view the world differently. So I always give the example of like, imagine you go to a networking event and you're like there with your friends and you meet a girl and you and your friend stood chatting to you at this girl and then she walks away and you go, oh my God, she was so sweet. I loved her. And your friend was like, what? She was so annoying. I hated her. That is a clear example of how you can't please everyone. Like that girl did what she did. That was fact, the way that she behaved, but the way it was then perceived by people was different. So it doesn't matter what you're actually doing, your perception or the way that people perceive you is going to be based off of their own experiences, personality, life. So you're not going to be able to please everybody. Not everyone is going to like you. And that is okay. I spent so long in this cycle of trying to get everyone to like me, which meant that not only do you plague yourself with like, oh my God, do they like me? Do they like me? Have I done something that made them dislike me? Da, 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 da you also end up acting in a way that maybe isn't authentic and you end up seeking validation. The only thing that matters is that you honestly in your heart of hearts can say that you like yourself. That is the most important thing. When you like yourself, it doesn't matter who else likes you or doesn't like you. And 
I think I learned this after years and years of losing time and sleep and energy, worrying about whether people liked me or not. And you realize just how draining it is. And you also realize like, I actually, there was this phrase once that said, did you know there is a different version of you in every single person's head that you meet? And I was just like, oh my God, that's so true. Because even if you're in a group of people when you're talking, you're sharing a story, everybody will be perceiving you differently. So you have to just let go of like, the way that people perceive me is not actually my problem. If they like me, great. If they don't like me, great. Doesn't matter anyway. Now, number nine is a risk may only last for a moment, but a regret lasts for a lifetime. I really like this one because I don't really see myself as a risky person. And sometimes I have to push myself to take risks. And there's definitely risks that I've taken or haven't taken in the past that I wish I did. And if you ask me, Laura, what do you regret in life? I actually don't have many regrets. I think more of the, the, the most regrets that I would have is something that I didn't do, not something that I did do. So like if we take going to Australia, for example, I took a massive risk deferring my place to drama school, going to, um, going to Australia, spending all of my money. Like that was a fucking huge risk. And I am so grateful that I took it, like so unbelievably grateful. And I guess a regret that I have is when we left Melbourne, I don't think I was ready to come home. Home, but like we'd already booked our flights we booked them whilst we were in Thailand so it was a bit so because we flew from Australia to Thailand like to Bali to Cambodia to Thailand and then when we were in Thailand we booked our flight to Melbourne and then from Melbourne to the UK for like a few months time because we thought we'd be done and then we were kind of got there and I was like I'm kind of not done and I guess a regret is like not taking the risk to go fuck it I'm gonna stay you know my friend is going home but I really wanted to stay um but not enough you know it wasn't her that made me want to leave it was me being scared to take that risk to stay so yeah you can see you know I regret that way more than anything else. That's probably one of my bigger regrets. Um, but yeah, the, I don't really have that many regrets. Whereas like, I can't remember the times where I've taken a risk and it's paid off and it's felt really good. And it's that phrase, isn't it? Where it's better an oh well than a what if. Ah, oh, love that. And number 10, and this is also a really important one. And one that I've definitely only learned probably within the last year is... This is your one body that you are going to have forever. So you should love it. You need to take care of it. Do not punish it. There's Your body never needs punishing. It needs to be taken care of and it needs to be loved. And I always say we can never shame ourselves into better behaviours anyway. We should only do it out of a place of love and kindness. But also to add to that, skinniness does not equate to happiness. I can look back at pictures of me from my early 20s where I was so skinny, I was so small, and you'd look at my body and be like, oh my God, like she had such a nice body. But I wasn't happy or I wasn't even happy in my body. So now, even though I'm like bigger um, than I was back when I was in my 20s, I'm a lot happier and I have a much better relationship with my body. I think it's something that I will always work on. It's something that I'll always be aware of, but it feels nice to be able to be like, this is my body and I'm going to be with her for the rest of my life. So I need to look after her. And that can be really empowering because your body is the thing that allows you to have experiences. You feel emotions in your body. Your body is what moves you from A to B. Your body is how you experience hugs and touches and touches, <laughs> touch and sense. And 
that's so fucking cool. Like how cool that our body allows us. Our body is a vessel for the human experience. So protect it, look after it, love it because it's the only one that you have. So that is the first 10 of things that I wish I knew when I was 20 birthday special edition and next week is going to be part two which is another 10 things (laughs) 